It's time to get on the ice. Music City Gold is on the air. With Kyle Hancock, Daniel Mangrum, and Matt Bain. We are Smashville's best fan-driven podcast. Featuring news around the league, the Predators, and the occasional hot take or two. Powered by the Ingram Agency. You're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Music City Gold. I'm Kyle. With me, as always, is Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, guys. Boys, playoff time. How are you feeling? It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is April, my birth month, and a very nice happy birthday to me is the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm super excited for this episode. I'm ready to watch some excellent first-round matchups now that everything has been solidified. How about you, Matt? That's right. Let the trash talking commence, baby. It's bracket episode, so I cannot wait. Yeah, we always have some good back-and-forth banner later on in this episode, and we basically get to trash each other's bracket. And, as always, we are never perfect, and we will probably be busted within the first round. So The best is when we talk each other into picking a different team as we're discussing and debating which team's going to win. That's the best. Matt is notorious about this, too, (laughs) but he probably has 10 pages of notes with stats here, so (sighs) just bear with us tonight. It is going to be an excellent episode. I will tell you, I have got some underdog picks this year. It was mm. either Canes. I was, mm. I was thinking I can go either by the heart or by the analytics, oh, and I think my bracket's going to be kind of more of by the heart this year. Oh man! Well, going get ready by to get the, roasted. Going the other way didn't work for you last year, so it didn't. Yeah, we're, we're going to see about that. What? Uh, no spoilers for later on in the episode, though. So let's talk about the big news that came out. Besides, you know, obviously the Preds making the playoffs in a just Central Division toss-up, which came to a head Saturday night. But guys, I woke up this morning. And found out that Phil Housley is gone. Wah, wah, wah. Two seasons? Are you kidding me? Like, that's a shocker. <laughs> yeah, that's hardly enough time to ride the ship there. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to bring a guy in, you got to give him at least, you know, maybe four years to get it going in the right direction. I mean, I understand that Buffalo is a very, you know, cherished hockey market, but I honestly don't get this firing at all. I mean, you weren't. I mean, were you expected, honestly, to make the playoffs this year in in year two? Well, they had that good stretch. They had that very good month, which got everybody's hopes up, and then reality set in, and they just hit the bottom. Well, they they finished with 76 points. I mean, yes, you are far outside of a playoff hunt. I mean, 20 points behind the Canadians, who got snubbed, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let the um, memes begin. Yeah, I know. And uh, I look over here, and Matt's wearing a Canadian jersey just because so yeah i gotta pay homage to the fallen canadians r.i.p uh shea weber because <laughs> he's not going to be in the playoffs despite actually posting a pretty good record this year for the canadians but i i don't know it, it, you look at some of these other teams that are underneath them you have the red wings oh, a little jab to matt Shut your um, mouth. <laughs> ottawa's underneath them the new jersey devils are underneath them i i, I mean la I mean, these are some big-time franchises, too, and were you expecting to make the playoffs in two years with Phil Hasley? No, because we all knew Buffalo was going to be in a rebuild status. Yeah, it, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, they they obviously had him on a short leash, and goodbye, Phil. Who knows what's happening? Poyle might be calling him up for some power play advice for the Preds going in. The, I have no idea, but uh, it'll be interesting to see his landing spot. Will he actually get a full-time 
coaching position or will it be an assistant position again? Well, he's got plenty of places to go this season. I will say uh, Buffalo Sabres GM Jason Bottrell, he said he was, quote, really enjoyed working with Phil the last couple of years. He said Phil's a great man. He put a tremendous amount of time and effort into helping the organization. And, you know, the accolades, he wishes family well and stuff like that. And, of course, this is, this is never an easy day. But I thought it was interesting. He said the results in the second half were just not there. We were very inconsistent. And our fans expect more. And we expect more. He said, I thought this decision had to be made for our organization to move forward. And, of course, he says, you know, we're responsible for the successes and the failures. But as a coach, he can only do so much. It, at some point, it has to get the players. Yeah. Well, he's got plenty of other landing spots. By my count, there's seven teams with an available coaching job. So, Does that count the Florida Panthers? Yes. Uh, somebody else who was getting some phone calls this morning at 7 a.m., baby, was Joe Quenville has got a new deal with the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I was uh, not too shocked over this. I mean, we all were kind of wanting him to hold out for Seattle. I didn't think he was going to wait that long. But you talk about a fixer-upper. <laughs> I mean – Good project for him. I mean, obviously, he's going to be there. He's going to fill some seats in the stands there. The Florida Panthers come in at 86 total points this year with a record of 36 and 32 with 14 overtime losses. So still need a little bit of a push to get to a you know a playoff position. But at the same time, do you think Coach Q can train him up? The mustache power is there, man. Have you seen the memes? Have you seen the new, like... First of all, the Panthers already were on it. They had a new profile picture, essentially, on yeah, yeah. on Twitter, and it had um, the Panthers logo inside of the Q, and the Q kind of looked like a mustache. And yeah. I was like, well done. Well done, marketing team. But do you honestly think he can coach this team to a playoff position within a couple of years? I think he can. They're not they're not too far gone. I mean, just a little bit of work, and I think with his leadership and direction, they, they can certainly get there. I mean, you got to look at the guy. He's got over 20 years of NHL coaching experience. You know, he's been with the Blues, the Avalanche. You know, he had his three cups of the, uh, Chicago. So the man's got experience. He's got an impressive resume. And I think if anybody can fix the Panthers, it's going to be Q. 890 regular season wins. That's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, that's a statement in itself. You know, we'll, we'll see what that translates with a terrible team and – uh, I'm not going to trash them too much because I feel like they're that fringe team, like just a little bit of push and some work, yeah. maybe a couple more pieces here and there. I honestly don't really know what they have in their farm system. So it'll be interesting to see how he coaches up some of those rookie players too over the next two to three years. And before we get into too much postseason action, let's go ahead and review some statistics about this year's season overall. What a crazy season. Let's just go it ahead and say insane. that right now. Like, so many people like thought they knew how the seasons were going to go for lots of teams, like Matt's Red Wings, for example. Ooh, but it's yeah, actually, so league wide overall, we've seen goals increase just for the third year in a row, and once again, we've set another record by most goals scored in league history this year with seven thousand six hundred and sixty-four goals. That is impressive. Kucherov and Stamkos and Point probably have a good portion of that. By the way. First team with three 40-goal scores since the Penguins. Yeah. That's insane. That's It's it's mind-boggling. They have a hundred over 120 goals with those three players. <laughs> and 127 players have set a career high in goals this year. Players age 23 and under 
have scored 28% of the goals this year. So it shows that youth is really taking a prominence in the role uh, in the NHL here. They don't just have to wait a couple years to get trained up. They're really, they're really going hot right from the off. And this was an interesting one. There is a 7% decrease in power play goals this year. But mostly predators probably <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm sure nashville contributed <laughs> we, we, quite we a bit probably that. lowered the average for the league at least a percent that's true but you can contrast that with there was at even strength goals there was 77.8 percent of the goals this year was even strength and that's good enough for the second highest percentage of all time so a differential seems to be it was an even strength type of year this year and speaking of records especially for the preds before we move on i mean you talk about single season records. We cannot go on without stating about Victor Arvidsson breaking our franchise record for 34 goals in 58 games. And you got to think, yeah, he didn't play an entire season. Just imagine he's at 34 goals in 58 games. If he had any additional games to get to 82, he would have eclipsed 40 easily. And he actually is second in the league in points per game just behind, behind Ovechkin. Ovechkin. How crazy is that? Point and at, six. And we're at four point two five million on him. Yeah. What a what a bargain. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And the funny thing is, uh, just to recap some of the games going into the the playoffs here, everyone was like, Oh, okay, he's gotta get one, you know, Vancouver. This will be a prime time. Uh, by the way, I was at this game and we thought the game winning goal went off of Arvidsson real time, but it was actually an own goal because Johansson actually shot it towards the net and it hit off one of the defender's blades and it or the stick actually and chipped into the goal. Arvey raised his hands like he thought, like he was just so excited because it yeah. went in. Well, everyone in the arena thought he had set the record and then they give the goal to Johansson <laughs> and everyone's like, oh no. So now, granted, we'll take the win because we needed that one for the central, obviously, and some other stuff to happen. Psh, Jets hang a L to Colorado in overtime that night as well on the Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I, I, we'll talk about the Central in just a second because we have some great analysis of our preseason predictions. But the Central Division was mind-boggling towards this last week. I, we had two games essentially for all the teams, and that is what decided all of our seeding, who won the division, and who was playing who on the last day. That's only the third time in history that three teams, second or third time in history that three teams were vying for the division title on the last day of play. Yeah. So a huge goal. We go into the last game. And then, of course, everyone's like, Arby's got to score. It's it's not looking good. We're down 0-2 again. We rally back. And Victor Arvidsson has a power a power play goal, nevertheless, you know, because we can't do anything on the power play. Snipes it over Ward and ensues with probably one of the best goal celebrations I've seen ever because he literally just hops. He basically does his RV hop, but just by himself behind the goal, screaming at the ground in the ice like he's so excited. I've he never got seen so much air on that hop too. Yeah. What a great guy. What a great season for him. He's put in so much work and effort. So I got to say congratulations for Victor Arvidsson. He is so deserving of this. Obviously, Johansson and Forsberg have helped out immensely. That top line's been killing it. But, man, what a way to finish the season. The Preds storm back, triumphant fashion. We come in hot towards the end, despite us. Like, I mean, here we, here we are a month ago. Matt and I are over here like, oh, I don't know. You know, like, Preds are shaky. Well, they finally pull it together in the end. They're kind of hot coming into the playoffs. Peck's hot. He's the second star of the week, by the way, for yeah. the NHL. So that is all the right signs you want to see going into the into the playoffs. 
And I'm super excited for Victor Arvidsson and the Preds. Once again, we get to raise another banner. And speaking of excitement, Daniel, I'll mention a couple of these other ones real quick. There was 97 hat tricks this year. 97? Goodness. That's good enough for 11th in uh, most in history. Keeping lids in business, let me tell you. Yes. I mean, that that's impressive. Scoring has been gone up, man. And Kucherov's 128 points is, is the, the most by Russian ever. Most by Russian ever and the highest point total by a player in 23 years. And this year, this was another good one. There are six players that hit 100 points. That's a 12-year that's a high for the NHL. So scoring has been up. It was a hoot to watch. There was also a lot of comeback wins this year. It was exciting hockey this season. Imagine how good the playoffs are going to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, regular season is great, but you know the play gets elevated into the regular or into the playoffs. So it, it is going to be intense hockey here coming up. And it's part of what makes the bracket challenge so fun because you look at how teams do against a team during the regular season. They might either have won it all against this one team or they may just suck completely. Then the playoffs comes and none of that matters. Throw it out the window, baby. But the problem is when you start doing brackets – you look at that stuff to give you a baseline as to how this could possibly go. Yeah. And you realize that, you know what, it's about 5% actually going to happen and then 95% of just the chaotic things happening. Yeah, and Matt's over here with 10 pages of stats, notes, <laughs> coming up for our bracket league. But you know what's really funny to me is I like I like filling out something and then going back to see how well I did. And at the very beginning of the year, we've put our necks on the line here. We have it on record, too. We pick our preseason Central Division predictions. And, Kyle, you have them up right now. So we are going to do a Central Division review, our picks, starting with big old Kyle. What were your picks at the beginning of the year? Well, before I get to my picks, we will go over real quick how the Central fell this year, just so everybody has a context of where we all fell in regards to this. So for 2019, Minnesota fell at number seven. Chicago came at six, surprisingly. It was only a one-point difference between the two, between six and seven. And they, they struggled in the end there. Was it three, six, one? You said. Yeah, three, six, and one for, for Minnesota. Sorry, Fiala. Colorado came out a strong early first half, and then they just fell off the map, and they finished at five. Dallas was kind of eh, whatever. They're at four. We know they're in the playoff spot, and the Preds are going to play them. St. Louis stages the comeback of the oh season coming from basically dead last. The basement. And yeah. surges all the way back into the third spot. Winnipeg, by the sheer fact that they can't somehow seem to clinch the division when it was statistically like 97% in their favor. 98% after the Preds lost. Yeah. They couldn't get it, so they fall at two. And, of course, Nashville, as if you watch the game against the Blackhawks on Saturday, we clinched the division. It's crazy turn of events in the center. And like I said, all of our – we were talking about this, too, beforehand, all of our preseason predictions, because I couldn't remember exactly what they were. If you had it right the day before, well, Game 82 completely upset it because everything changed. So let's look at Kyle's predictions right now. Kyle, what did you have for your preseason Central Division picks? And I will put a disclaimer that as of last week, uh -oh. I was almost right. Oh, well, guess what? That's not the end of the year. <laughs> the end of the year is now. Disclaimer. So, so at number seven, I had Chicago. I was somewhat That's a right. solid pick. <laughs> I mean, solidly most of the year, they were at the seven spot, so I was feeling comfortable with that until Minnesota crapped the bed. Not to give too much away, but did we all pick Chicago? We did. Seventh? Yeah, yeah. we all, we all had Chicago oh, yeah. at seventh. Oh, yeah. Unanimous, and we were one point off, so. Number six, we had Minnesota. Well, I had Minnesota. Daniel had Minnesota. 
And Matt, Uh-oh. you end up picking Minnesota at number three. Yeah. And I like this little quote as I was listening back today where you said, because I can't remember exactly what Minnesota finished at last season, but it was Not low. Good. But it was low enough that you thought they were going to bounce back. And you said, quote, they are going to bounce back. <laughs> the greatest predictor of the future is the past. Wow. So you're wrong. wrong. Hold on. Let me get my card out. Wrong. wrong. LOL. <laughs> so coming in at number five. Yes, number five, I had Colorado. No, you had Dallas. Oh, Don't wrong thing. That. So yeah, I had number five, I had Dallas. Well, you were close, but still not quite there. So. No, Daniel had Colorado at number five. Boom. Yeah, I had that one right Sniped as well. It. And Matt had Colorado at number five as well, too. Coming in at four, I had St. Louis. A little, a little closer. So did I, yeah. We were both one off on that. Daniel had Dallas at number four. Boom. Right on the money. Number three, I had Colorado. Daniel had St. Louis at number three. Right and, on the money again. And Matt, your number three again was Minnesota. Oh, yeah, let's they, point uh, out. They really messed me up. Which, by the way, I'll point out your six was Dallas, if we haven't said that already. Thank you. And then number two was Nashville for me. Which Nashville was controversial. We were, we, were, we were very accurate in this because we said one or two points. Did we not state that on the episode? Yeah, we did. And no joke, it was one point. So, I mean, uh, we'll give you a partial credit, Kyle. Well, Matt gets partial credit, too, at that point then, so... Yeah, but Daniel was right. So, Matt, what's the math numbers, and how did you formulate who won? Yes, uh, more <laughs> like gloating, but yes, Daniel wins. He got everything right but the last two. He had Minnesota and Chicago swapped, and Kyle... I, I did the math based on how many places each person was off. So, like, I had Minnesota four spots off, so you add up all your teams and how wrong you were. Kyle, uh, Daniel only had two wrong. Kyle had a total of eight wrong places and matt was 10 so mm. kyle's second and i came sweet in last. victory yes. like i said a week ago daniel and Bro, i daniel well, matt and i were kind of close and we were going to kind of get it and it's then, a marathon not a sprint kyle you you got pulled a leg cramp literally in the last mile there so sorry did. dang you minnesota but i'm super excited to get into some more picks with each other because the here's the deal last year we had some bets on the table. We actually, we actually had money. Oh, there's going to be on money the on table. this on this time too. And did, look, did, everyone's did, did pulling I beat out. Did you last year? Yes, he did. I think yes, so. he did. Yeah. It was the Washington bet. So this year, as wallets are getting pulled out right now, oh man, Matt, bro, Matt uh, I'll take I'll take that bill at the bottom, please. <laughs> there's only a five. Wow. How much you want, son? How much you willing uh, to lose? I don't. I don't. I got to go get my wallet. I'll take here. The, no that bill at the bottom. The 50? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. How strong are your picks? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how b- much this ramps up. But there's already a five. Get the puck on it. Here you oh, go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. There's our weight, paperweight. So we have a pool of money here uh, f- for our brackets. So as we begin, we are going to start on the Eastern Conference side. And we filled this out right here, right now. You can hear the pens clicking. It's, it's time. We got all of our stats pulled up. So, fellas... What are we thinking for the first matchup against the Bolts and the Columbus Blue Jackets perennial first-round exiters? I might preface this. I'm going to go ahead and say that Columbus again repeats their perennial first-round exit. Tampa Bay has destroyed them all season. So what are you picking, Bolts? Yeah, I'm picking (laughs) Bolts. And how many games, Kyle? I will say, just because I don't want to say four, 
because can't, oh, wow, Columbus might have some fight in them. So I'm going to say Bolts in five. Bolts in five. All right, Matt, how about you? Well, let me give you some stats before we get too settled I got some stats too. All right. So you mentioned how Tampa Bay has dominated Columbus in the season series. They are 3-0 three three oh. this year. Yeah. And Tampa has outscored them 17-3. to three. Yep, already got that set, too. Isn't that impressive? But Columbus... But? <laughs> what but? ...went 7-1 and one recently to clinch uh, to clinch a playoff berth. So they are coming in quite hot. I don't know if you're as hot as the Lightning, but I'd like to give them a little bit of credit. they got a lot on the line here at Columbus, man. they got some potential unrestricted free agents they signed here. Oh, we know they're all on the line here. And, uh, but... Vasilevsky's nine two five save percentage is the first in the NHL and second in yep. goals against. But Bobrovsky has had four shutouts in the last two weeks, so it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of a lot of stuff on the line, a lot of stats. Tampa Bay, but here's an interesting one. Uh, they are, of course, we know this all year long. Twenty eight percent on the power play, and uh, f- uh, they're second in, on the PK at eighty five percent. Contrast that to Columbus is twenty eighth in the league on the in the on the PK. And that's not going to be going uh, too well against a team as hot on the power play as you think the Lightning. Yeah, they're they're getting crushed on the power play. I I think their mo needs to be don't take penalties against against Kucherov and Stamkos. But they they kind of counteract that. They know they're bad on the penalty kill, so they are actually number one in the league in not taking penalties. Good call. Well, that's that's a good thing because they're going to need it. But uh, I don't think it's going to be enough to outweigh just how hot the Lightning are, one of the best teams of all time. So it's going to be Tampa Bay Lightning in five for me. Right or down, baby. So we're in agreement. We both got five games. So ironically enough, for all the reasons that Matt just stated, I had pulled up on my tablet right here. All the stats lean towards Tampa Bay, but I can't do it in four. I'm going to do bolts in five as well. Sorry, Columbus. You loaded up on a year. When the Bolts have an historic year. I'm talking like tying the most wins all time in a season with the Detroit Red Wings. So I'm sorry. By the way, power plays win championships too. You know, we like yeah. we like to throw that out there. They got a smoking hot power play. They got the best players in the game right now. I'm going with the Bolts in five. And I also looked on NHL.com's website, and they have some of their staff writers and people who write for the website give their predictions. I took a record of all 14 uh, writers and what they predicted, and not a shocker, all 14 of them picked uh, Tampa Bay to win this round. I'll mention that. It as would we be go. the upset of the year. Yeah, yeah. If, it really if, would be. If just, they can somehow eke out, you know, maybe in seven games. It would have to be in a seven game series. There's like, just no way. Bro. But I, I just don't see it. They even have the goaltending edge, I think. Yeah. So statistically, they have the edge in basically every category. So yeah. I, I just can't see it. I feel like, you know, maybe it would be the upset of the year if they could pull it off, but it would have to be in seven games. But I, I, I just Nobody's don't see it happening. I, I can't go against them. The Bolts have been too good all year. It's going to take a special team to beat them uh, in one of these first couple rounds. But I just don't know if I can go against them at this point. So Bolts in five as well. So look at that. All in unanimous agreement here. But – I think we're going to have some differences in this next matchup. And what is this matchup, Kyle? Well, it's going to be the number two seed Boston versus the number three seed Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'll tell you right now, last year, Boston beat Toronto. And I'm going to pick Toronto to beat them this year. What? So do state your reasons why for this because I have, I'm curious. Because I'm very much on the fence on this game or yeah, on yeah. this series. Because I've seen some of the advanced stats, like Dom had some out. Today on Twitter, it's like 50.8% for 
for Boston. And yeah. I'm like, that's like a coin flip for me. Yeah, so. it really is a coin flip. And the reason why, what's kind of helping me is, you know, I will say, Matt, I'll put a little stats into this. So Boston played Toronto four times this year. Yep. Toronto beat them all four times. Yep, I pulled that stat too. You know, Toronto had 18 goals for compared to Boston's nine. And, you know, those types of stats, you got Austin Matthews being the beast he is. I think they're going to take it out. I think this is the year that Toronto gets over the over the Boston Bruins hump. Yeah, those are some interesting stats. I think it is going to be kind of a coin flip. I've actually – let me give you some stats, uh, some more stats <laughs> before I mention mine. Shocker. Um, let me just say last year you mentioned how Boston beat Toronto last season or in the last uh, matchup last yeah. year. It was because Freddie Anderson last year – had an 8.96 save percentage, 3.7 goals against per game, and that's just not going to cut it. And this season he has a 9.32. Yes, but he has struggled at the end of this year. He's not coming in on a hot on a hot note. Um, Boston is also the fourth best team in goals against. Toronto is the fourth uh, best team in goals for. And uh, John Tavares has actually had a career high 47 goals this year, but uh, Boston's top line there in Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak combined for 106 goals. So it is really got a lot of intricacies in this matchup. I'm actually going to have to take Boston in this one, and I think it's going to be in seven. Nice pick, Matt, because I too am going to go Boston in seven. Sorry, Kyle. It's all right. Got to flip the other way just because one, I mean, the season series is interesting to point out. Yeah. But I think for me, watching Toronto play even the Preds, Think about the two games that they played. They were both shutouts against the Preds, and they were both low shot volume, too. And I don't think that translates very well for the playoff. They're looking for that super high danger percentage shot, you know, like it's going to be perfect and you know it's going to be a goal. I think in the playoffs, a better style will be the higher output of shot volume or the shots on goal, and I have to give that edge drastically to Boston. Because every game that I have physically watched, and this is just me physically watching the games, I don't know, this is not just pulling stats, I think that that is going to be their Achilles heel. And like you said, their top line is killer for Boston right now. So I'm going to give the edge, but I have to do it in seven as well. Stray but a little, boom, the series could go to Kyle and yeah. he could be up on this it. Is this is going to be one of those bracket busters possibly. It could go either way. And I will say, I did pick Toronto in seven games as well. I mean, I think it is going to go the seven-game limit. Yeah, I, I would hope because everyone's really got some anticipation for this series. Yeah. This is this is by far my – I don't know. The, there's so many good it's matchups. Top two, to, baby. But I have to – I'm going to be watching this game, uh, this series probably every night. It, it's going to be incredible. We're going to have like all the TVs up on up here. It's 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 going to be awesome. And that is actually interesting. We're quite split on this, but out of the NHL.com writers, 93% chance says that Boston wins according to them. So they're not nearly as split as we are. That's a real shocker to me, just given the stats and analytics that you've gone over and all the things that I've seen online. But who knows? That's why they're the – experts yeah, we'll in see, air quotes. Yeah, we'll so. see about that. But go on to the next one, Kyle. What we got next? So you've got the number one seed Capitals in the Metro playing the wild card one seed Carolina Hurricanes, which is another toss-up for me too because this is the Defending Stanley Cup champions, Sonsberry Trots, and you've got the Carolina Hurricanes with Rod Brindamore who have just resurged 
You see what I did Ooh, there? Wow. Nope. Into the playoffs for the first time in 10 years, which is emotional alone for them to be able to make it after that long of a drought. But how do you think overall you feel, before I make my pick to skip from you guys, how do you feel about the first time you make the playoffs in 10 years, your opponent's going to be the Stanley Cup champion? I mean, I'm going to take it. I haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years. <laughs> that's that's my feeling. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. You know, like, that's you saw what some you of get. the videos, too, of the, the Canes fans, too. I mean, like, yeah. people Jillian has a great video of just a bunch of Canes fans just hugging each other crying because yeah. it's so emotional. But, you know, the more I thought about this, you know, Justin Falk's been heating up for them. Doogie Hamilton's been doing good for them. And then I look on the capital side, and I'm like, oh, there's Nicholas Backstrom. Oh, there's Ovi. There's Ovi. <laughs> there's Braden Holtby. And Carolina has not had the best season against them at all. They've only had one overtime win, if I'm not mistaken, on against them. So I'm going to have to pick the Capitals. But I th- Whoa, he's going against his bowl team right now. Like but he's I've, been on them the last two to three years, and Kyle's picking against them. Because in what universe do you think oh, your first opponent's going to be uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions? I mean, you got to get in the playoffs somehow, Kyle. Yeah, well, that's what you get when you haven't been here in 10 years. You get to fight the hardest team in the <laughs> league. You know that. So I will give them those six games. I will say Capitals take it in six games. Six games, okay. I think Carolina's going to put a fight up. It's possible. <laughs> they, <laughs> I don't know if I like them to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll I, I will say before you go to yours, Matt, that Carolina is wearing their black jerseys the entire yes. playoffs. The, the storm surge is coming. Mm. <laughs> I know you don't care for that. No, I don't. You don't like the black jerseys? I, black I like jerseys. the black. I just don't like that logo. He, he's a. Uh, you know, he's who's that dude? Uh, who's the guy? Don who, Cherry. Don Cherry. Yeah, Don Cherry. Yeah. You're Don, yeah. You're Don Cherry. That's me. He's getting to the get-off-your-lawn age. Yes. Uh, but as you mentioned, Kyle, yeah, Washington has just kind of waxed Carolina this year, and Ovechkin is on fire. He has the uh, last postseason, he had the most goals of any player, so expect him to do the same this year, repeat. He's been hot in the postseason. He just won another Rocket Richard trophy, and that's his eighth, which ties him. Uh, actually, no, he broke. I'm sorry, that yeah. puts him in second place all time behind Wayne Gretzky and Mike Bossy that has nine Rocket yeah. Richards. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's just on fire, of course. Uh, if you look at Carolina, Sebastian Ajo has been great. He's set career high in goals, assists, points, all the all the nine yards. But coming in, he is goalless in the last 14 games. So when you got a hot player making a career year, that's great. But it's all about being hot at the right time, and he's a guy who's coming into this postseason cold. And when you're playing a team as hot as uh, Washington is, that's not a great that's not a great sign. Holtby has been a save percentage of nine one one, which is which is fine. Uh, it was interesting for Carolina. Uh, Peter Mrazek and Curtis McElhaney kind of shared the net role this season. They kind of split 50-50, but they have almost uh, they both have really great numbers. I think. I want to say real quick. Rest in peace, uh, Scott Darling. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think we'll be seeing him anytime soon. That, but they're holding up on their own. Mrazek's got a nine four four save, and he's eleven and two lately. Carolina also is the NHL best at shots on goal, and their third they best are. in shots against. So they have a couple stats going their way, but they're also missing Calvin DeHaan. He's uncertain to start uh, game one, so. Power plays in favor of the Caps, though. I will say that. 20.8%, 12th in the league, compared to 20th in the league, 17.8%. So, 
I like I like a couple of these things, a couple of these stats that Carolina has. They're not just kind of middle of the road. They're really good at a couple of categories, which is awesome. But I don't think it's going to be enough to lift them over over the Capitals. So I'm going to pick the Capitals in five. I might change it to six. Ooh. Oh, you got to you got to write it down. Man. What did I put here? Let me see. I mean, Let me check. This is all part of it. I, I'm picking the Caps in six, and I'm a little shocked actually that Kyle did not pick the Hurricanes in like seven because I love the Hurricanes I, and I I, I knew. This one was going to hurt him because both these teams are near and dear to his heart. But I'm looking at the regular season, 0-4. I I just don't see it. There are a lot – they are – granted, they are surging at the right time, like Kyle's pun said. But you have that veteran leadership, too, on the Capitals. They just want a Stanley Cup. Ovi is a machine. You saw how much he won in the Cup last year. He wants it again. I'm going to have to go with the leadership. They haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years. Congratulations for getting there, but sorry, you got the draw against the Washington Capitals. So, sorry. Caps in six. So now here's the last game in the Eastern Conference. It's going to be the number two seed Islanders versus the number three seed Penguins. And this year they cannot three-peat. <laughs> oh, lol. <laughs> what was their hashtag last year? It was like three, was three leave. Three leave. leave, which is... Terrible. I'm sorry. Way. I'm all for the witty hashtags for your season, but it that was, was one I was just like, eh. Yeah, we can get rid of that one real quick. So this was one that I was like, could literally go 50-50 either way because throughout the season, the Islanders and the Penguins each went 2-1-1. One, one. Yep. Islanders won the games early on. Penguins won the games later on. And what's funny is that this is the, this is the Islanders team, which last year allowed a league-high 296 goals. Trotz comes in. Everybody knows Trotz is well-known for his defensive type of mindset on his systems. And then, sure enough, he comes in, and now they allowed a league-low 196 goals, 100 fewer than last year. And I believe that is one of the keys that got them into the playoffs. Had 11 shutouts, and that's a club record. And they, you know, you look at teams like, you know, this Islanders team, you're like, okay, yeah, we all know the big story was John Tavares leaving the Islanders, going to Leafs. Islanders fans have got some super shade towards Savarez. But look, the Islanders shut out the Maple Leafs, the Lightning, and the Capitals. That's three big teams they've shut out. And I'm like, well, dang, I'm still looking at my bracket. And I was like, well, I'm going to pick the Islanders. Ooh. Whoa. That's an interesting pick for Kyle. So how many games do you think the Islanders are going to knock off? I think off? it'll go seven. Seven games. This, I think this is going to be surprisingly good. Yeah, I, I think this is an underrated series. Yeah. I was going to start by saying that because you have a couple of nice lines in there. Of course, you have everyone's favorite, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> 100 point year, baby. He's, yeah. He did it good. Yeah, anyway, Sidney Crosby's back. And then, of course, you have Barry Trotz going to another team. Interesting enough, technically you could possibly get a Tavares Islander Eastern Conference Final. I mean, that, that would be... A stretch. Let me just throw it out there right now. Probably not in my bracket. But can you imagine what sort of Eastern Conference final that would be? Man, you talk about the shade getting thrown at him when he goes back home every single game or the the away games for him. Oh, oh, it, it would be insane. That would be a great storyline. I'm sure the the media would eat that up. Anyway, I digress. All right. I think this is going to be a great series. But match. Go ahead. This is this is my favorite time. This is where I get to throw some stats in Kyle's face that's going to make him regret picking the Islanders. Yep. So Matt Barzal, a beast, has <laughs> only had one goal in the last twenty-four games. Now, crickets. 
Yes. So uh, as hot as a player as he is, he's coming in cold. That's not what you want to see. Interestingly enough, the Islanders are first in goals against, and uh, both their goaltenders have similar stats. They're doing fairly well in that. But here's something that you might not have considered is that they're still out with Andrew Ladd, one of their big players. He's out for the, he's done for the year. Valtteri Fippoli just came back after four-week injuries, so he may or may not be kind of on light duty. And the Islanders were shut out in three of their ten final games coming in. Yeah, not the way you want to get to the playoffs. So how many games are you picking for them? But I assume you're picking the Penguins. Oh, yeah, I'm picking the Penguins. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got Penguins in six on this one. I think it will be fairly interesting, but Pittsburgh has to have the edge. The Islanders just are not coming in hot like they need to. All right. So I'm not going to sugarcoat this one. Sorry, Kyle. Pins in six. You know, I knew I would be the odd man on this one. Uh, well, there's one glaring thing that Matt didn't point out, and that's power play percentage. Let's talk about that for a second, because the Penguins are at 24.6% on the power play. They're as good as the Jets. Yeah. They're as good as the Bruins. I mean, obviously three points behind the Lightning, who have just been killing it this year. But you go down, and you keep scrolling and scrolling down the list, and there's a lowly 15.4%. So not only are all the stats that Matt had said against them coming in cold, Barzell cold, three shutouts. You don't want to see that going into the the postseason. On top of it, you also have a really bad power play. So there are multiple factors that are tipping it over for me to the Islanders. I initially thought they might put up a little bit more of a fight and go to seven games, but I've retracted that since then and lowered it down to six games, and it will be the Penguins. They also have more veteran leadership. Getzel's hot. Crosby's been solid as always. You can always rely on Kessel to get a crazy goal. I mean, he's just he's just everywhere. So I'm going to have to go with them in six games. So it is interesting that both Daniel and I are taking Pittsburgh in this one, despite them being a three seed and the Islanders actually being the favorite at a two seed. But I will also mention that NHL.com folks give Pittsburgh a 71% chance to beat the Islanders. So they seem to be a favorite, actually, for an upset in this uh first round here to be fair the nhl personalities just love love the penguins that's that's also accurate <laughs> and drama yeah that they're they, they really like Sidney crosby as yeah I if there's two things i can count every postseason that this is going to be the year that chicago is going to resurge <laughs> and this is the year that the penguins are going to win the cup again yeah and you'll have some comment by mike milberry thrown in there. so i mean you're just you're just asking for it at this point but now we get to move on to the Western Conference, which I think is just going to be the wild, wild West because there are some incredible matchups. And, Kyle, let's start with the top one. And what is that? So going into the Pacific, we've got the number one seed Calgary Flames versus the Wild Card 2 Colorado Avalanche. And you can go ahead. No, I'm just saying, on paper, people are like, boom, Flames. But I'm going to say, hold on. Hold the, hold the phone. I think this one's going to be a little bit more interesting than people think. Go ahead, Kyle. See, I would love for this to be the James Neal effect all over again. I want him to lead <laughs> this team all the way to the Western Conference Final and blow it again. Yeah, I mean, it would be three straight years as a runner-up for the Stanley Cup. Could you imagine <laughs> how terrible a feeling that is? I mean, like, seriously? You get runner-up three years in a row? Yes, I forgot that correction. It would be the Stanley Cup Finals runner-up. But, man, I mean, you got to look at people like Johnny Gutro, 99 points. Sean Monahan, 82 points. Elias Lindholm, 78 points. Matthew Kachuk, 
77. They are all just clicking as they go. And their goal differential is also plus 62. Just saying. You got something to say, Matt? Yeah, actually, this stat is so good. I high, I put it in all bold in my in my notes. Calgary is the only team in the in the postseason with five players at seventy plus points. That I like spreading the goals out and on, across the whole team and letting them, uh, having uh, depth for scoring. And man, they have got some depth actually. They really they're do. red hot. Wow. wow. <laughs> In unison, Matt and I both go wild. The only thing that I was a little concerned about was they actually only have a 19.3% on the power play, which is 18th in the league. I found that a little surprising considering the the players and the points that they've been putting up. But five on five, the numbers are incredible. And they've obviously been dry, driving that. Johnny Hockey has been great this year. So uh, this this one's a little difficult for me because you flip it on the other side, and guess what? Colorado comes storming into the playoffs with a 7-1-2 record, by the way, in the last 10 games. And Landis Gog's back. Well, you know what they're storming in with is their top line is creating 41% of their overall goals, and Mikko Rantanen is still uncertain for game one, and Kamenev is still out. Yep. So they might have got one piece back, but they're still missing a couple others. And if you want to look at their goalies for a second, here's a good one. Uh, it might give you a little hesitation on the Flames. Mike Smith, save percentage this year, 8-9-6. Horrible. Ooh. To be fair, Mike Smith has never been the most reliable goalie in the right. league. A lot, a lot of the historical teams that won the Stanley Cup have had just barely average goalies, which is fine. But interestingly, uh, in his last 11 games, he's 9-1-6, which is much better. Uh, his backup is has been great. Also, uh, Philip, Grubra- uh, Philip Grubauer has yeah. been awesome at a he's been really good here 9 five, yeah. six, and an uh, nine two and two record in his last thirteen games. What was he said about Barlamov? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I remember. I remember distinctly last at the the episode I was listening back today when I was getting everything oh, lined up. Man. You distinctly rebuked me for making fun of uh, Barlamov. Oh yeah. You told me to shut my mouth. That sounds like something I would say. Yeah, that's that's totally a Matt comment. But I also want to point out the regular season series. The Flames own it. Yeah. Against <laughs> absolutely own it. Uh three to zero, two home win- wins, one away win with uh a whopping uh I mean they they basically crushed them. It it was pretty bad <laughs> in and both the games. Calgary is first in the league at shots against per game and allowing only twenty eight per game. That's yeah, so pretty good. They they block a lot of shots. Yeah, they do. The games against the Preds, it's impressive how many shots they block. They lay their body on the line. So Fortunately, Grubauer, or sorry, uh, Mike Smith, Smith yeah. doesn't get a lot. Yeah. So of, if he's just average, yeah. his team can block the other half, you know. Yeah, so they, they've done in, an incredible job in that department. So, so Kyle, what do you got in, in how many games? I've got the Flames in six. Matt. Bro, I am all over Calgary. I got them four games, baby. You think four they're going to sweep the avalanche? Yeah, baby. I'm doing the Flames in five. So we all pick the Flames just in different various amounts of games. I I, I think Colorado's going to get some luck and some balance, and they're coming in hot. And yeah, I, I think it's they're likely steal they one. will. But I gotta I'd like to pick something as as getting a full sweep, and this is going to be the one I choose to to predict a sweep in. It's a good one for a sweep. I would, yeah, I would say the Flames or the Bolts would be the yeah. the more statistically likely. likely choices to do a sweep in. But then we get to move 
to an incredible matchup, let me say, in the Pacific. One My favorite. I, I'm, I'm going to be watching this for sure. And that is the Sharks versus the Knights. And that's, again, I would say that's the equivalent of the Boston-Toronto game on the East. It's a toss-up. Yeah. The only thing that concerns me about San Jose is their goaltending. Dude. Very yes. subpar. Yes. Martin Jones, point <laughs> eight, eight nine, nine, six. No, it's not even subpar. I like <laughs> If you put in another goalie, I think I'm boosting San Jose to Western Con- – like, it, it, they could win it all. He's the second worst among goalies that's had any amount of play this year. And then Aaron Dale's right behind him at eight seven six. Yeah, not really good in the goaltender area for them. Excuse me, eight eight six, but still, a tenth of a percent's not really going to help you at that point. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's pretty brutal for them. He flipped over to the Vegas with Mark Andre Fleury rocking a point nine one three, and then Subin's got a point nine zero two. And against San Jose specifically, Fleury's a nine five. Yes, nine five. Okay. So I don't know if you mentioned they split their season series two to two. And uh, it was interesting. Last year, Vegas, this same series happened last year. Vegas won it in six. So it will be very interesting. Although uh, both teams have beefed up in the offseason this yes. year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, or during the season. You're yeah. talking about Stone and uh, – They added Stone, Max Pacioretty, Paul Stasny, yep. and San Jose added Eric Carlson and Gus Carlson. Nyquist. Yeah, I know. So uh, it's going to be a good one for sure. Vegas, they're great in transition. San Jose is going to have to avoid uh, turnovers in the neutral zone. And uh, the, I'd say the goaltending is what's the lopsided part. Uh, that's one way, baby. So, spoiler alert, I'm going to go ahead and say, that's the tipping point for me. Uh, honestly, Mark, he, he, he just, Martin Jones, like, he, he's got to be better. And I don't see him catching fire in any way possible. No. Now, I will give the Sharks this. Their power play is 23.6%, uh, sixth best in the league. And if you look so, offensively at the Sharks, they've got the edge offensively on the Knights, too. I know, because I, oh, that that's the thing and. that kills me about this matchup is because some of the really key important factors tip towards ve- uh, towards the San Jose Sharks, like power play. And and then, then you go back to goaltending, and you're like, oh, no. Like, can they just... Can they just block enough shots in front of them to keep it, keep let me it from give going you, in? Let me give you a little more of that upside. We're getting a little way down the goaltending, so I'm going to give another boost here. They are third in goals per game, sixth in the power play, and they have eight players with 50 points. Oh, so Three more players than any team in the playoffs. The highest, next highest is five. San Jose has eight players with 50 points. They're spreading the offense around town, baby. All right, then. Here we come. So, Also... Kyle, Oh, well, we got more stats. You got more? Let's go. But here's a problem. Carlson just returned yep. after missing 27 of 32 games with a groin injury. So he's going to be maybe playing a little safe, a little uh, shotgun shy perhaps. I think and, he's going to be hesitant in the first round. Yeah. And uh, Vegas's uh, Eric Halla hasn't played since November, so they're missing another piece there. But go ahead, Kyle. How do you think this one's going to play out? I think it's going to go seven games. I think Vegas is going to take it. Interesting pick. Matt, what do you got? I cannot overlook goaltending in this one. I have got Vegas in seven. Wow. I have Vegas in seven. Wow. We are unanimous with this. But once again, I think there's a few minuscule details that could flip one way or the other, and San Jose could end up getting it. I just don't I don't see Jones getting hot as a goaltender. That's just me. I just don't see it. I've never seen it before. <laughs> so I don't think anybody's ever seen it. Sorry, San Jose. I'm going to have to go with Vegas on this one again. Again, picking against you. 
then that puts us down into the central bracket. First game on the docket for the central is going to be Preds versus the Stars, the one seed versus the wild card one seed. Let me say that once again, what an improbable matchup because everyone had us labeled for the Blues first round, which was not, I thought, a good matchup at the time. Now, granted, this is about a month ago when before we started slacking off. But what's crazy about this is we come back, we storm to win the Central Division, and now we get to face Dallas with home ice advantage and a pretty short commute, too. If you can get the job done in a reasonable amount of games, you come into the second round probably fresher than the other team. You really do. If you look at the season series between Dallas and Nashville, Nashville, Nashville's up 3-2 on the season for them. Now, Dallas is one of those teams that I don't like watching throughout the regular season because it always seems like they're one mistake away from capitalizing on the Preds, yeah. and then the game just swings their way. Like, I would rather watch the Preds play the Blues or the Jets constantly than watch them play the Stars because it seems like Dallas is that team that just loves to capitalize on the little things. I don't know. I We said in the last – I know I said it the last week, the best draw – the Preds could have was either get first or fourth in division and avoid the Blues because we have yep. terrible stats against them. I mean, Winnipeg's not much great, not much better either, but really neither is Dallas. We're just not great in the Central, but I think pretty favorable considering we were, it was very likely that we we're going to play the Blues. The problem that the Preds have with the Jets is the Jets live up to their name. They're a fast team, and the Preds always seem to try to get into a track meet with them constantly. Yeah. If we played our game against the Jets, we can beat them. The problem is this year we've not. We've gotten caught up, as you said, in their game every single time, and that has been frustrating to watch for sure. And, of course, you've got Ryan Johansson. He leads our group in points with 64. Roman Yossi, surprisingly, is second. And I know there are a lot of Roman Yossi haters out there that don't think he deserves the wear to see. We know who you are, Preds Facebook. You're really bad about that. But I think Yossi did really well as a captain this year. Yeah, I I mean, he has been – defensively extremely solid and every time he's had the puck he's generating some sort of offense around it he, he cycles well he has just been incredibly incredibly solid as I said and uh, an anchor for the team really stepped up this year as captain you know who was incredibly solid for the team and made an impact as soon as he got back from suspension Austin Watson as much as people you know we're not going to comment that whole incident but you can't deny the you can't deny what he brings to the game yeah, it's it, it's almost crazy because watching him play again, you realize I don't want to say the intangibles, but uh, no, he he he's blocking shots. He's always crashing the net. In those last two games, you could see it was evident on the ice. He is a hustler and he basically Lavi reunited a line from last year and they have instant chemistry again. I mean, it's the Benino Sissons and and Watson line and it is killing it right now like if you look at the team right now you're very happy with the top line obviously Jofa's gonna do their thing the second line struggled here recently but they have been showing signs of life their course he has been up the last several games and they're getting their shot attempts I just think something is going to fall their way and something will go in eventually the third line incredible it's solidified I don't think he's gonna be messing with that and our fourth line obviously that's more of our bruising line (laughs) you got Basically, Boyle and Simmons on the bottom line. You talk about some uh, some big beef and uh, up heavy on the boards. I, I really like that. So it will be interesting to see if that third line can catch fire. So uh, I don't know. 
but Bishop's hot this year, and I know I know Matt's got the stat for Bishop coming up. He he's coming into the postseason smoking hot. You guys think Pecorine and UC Saros are, are a good goaltender duo? They've got a nine one eight and a nine one five uh, save percentage, which is very good, and they're very close to each other. Uh, but actually, Ben Bishop has the highest save percentage in the league at nine three four, and his backup Hudobin is a nine two three. So they actually are the best goalie pair in the league. So it's going to be a great goalie matchup both ways. Interesting note, Hudovin's really been hot against us, so I am interested to see which goaltender they actually start because Hudovin's had, like, several crazy shutout games against us in his his past history. It's infuriating. Yeah, I, I mean, like, 40, I think one was, like, 46 shots on goal with a shutout. I mean, it's, like, it's so improbable. But at the same time, he is hot against us, so do you start him? So, I mean, that these are all questions for the, <laughs> the Dallas Stars management and head coach, so... It's, it's going to be very interesting. That's an interesting uh, idea you bring up because Hudobin is hot historically against the Preds, but Bishop's the highest save percentage in the league. He's the one who makes them more money. I think the GM's always safe face. You're, you're falling into that yeah, Pekka I, trap. They though. always do like, that. You're falling and that's there. what I said. I would start UC Saros in the playoffs, but Pecorino's the guy who makes the money. He's the face of the goaltending part of the you know, part of the deal. That's just the guy they go with. And, and you know Washington's learned their lesson over that in, in recent years with – Holtby, but I think they're probably going to start Ben Bishop, but it's, it'd be good either way. I mean, I can't complain. So who do you got, guys? So before we make our picks, Kyle, there's two stats I just cannot overlook that are hor- horrific both ways. Nashville is dead last in the league at 12% on the power play. Nowhere to go but up, baby. We beat that horse all year. <laughs> but equally egregious, Dallas is 29th in the league in goals <laughs> per game. Yeah, that's that's the tipping point for me. Yeah, I think the their goals. offense was like the third worst overall or something like that. Yeah. And, by the way, you're leaving out one. What's our penalty kill, Matt? Yeah, we're, we're fifth best in the league right now for oh, yeah. PK. So the defense has really stepped up as far as uh, that's concerned. Or, sorry, the penalty kill is tied with Dallas, oh. essentially. So it, it's one of those things like I know we're probably not going to get power play goals against Dallas. They got a good PK. Our PK struggling. If we can get a goal here and now, oh, just we'll, we'll take it. Whatever we can do to eke out a power play goal, we'll take it. But at the same time, I think that goal is against. The, I I can't overlook that. Even the, even though Bishop's hot, I, it, it's just it's too big of a number for me to overlook. So I'm gonna pick the Preds in six games. Well, I've got the Preds in six games too. Well, as much as I was predicting the last couple of weeks that the Preds were going to be a first-round exit, we mentioned the season statistics, 78% of goals come even strength. So I'm really not that worried about the Preds' uh, specialty team unit. What I am most worried about is Dallas 29th, like you said, in goals per game. They don't generate enough offense. And for that reason, I've got to take Nashville in this series. I think it's going to go to six, but I've got Nashville as well. Interesting because – I mean, literally a month ago, Matt and I were both calling for a first-round exit. So yeah. it is very interesting to see how the Preds have flipped it on at the right time, and they are getting hot at the end of the year when you want to see it, and they are gelling now. So very interesting. So, Kyle, another massive matchup in the Central Division. Yep, you've got the two-seed Winnipeg Jets and the three-seed St. Louis Blues, which I can guarantee you when we clinch the division Saturday night – 
all of Smashville was breathing a sigh of relief because nobody wanted to play the Blues or the Jets. And let's be honest, this is going to be a slugfest. They are going to bash each other's heads in. And I think whoever comes out of this as the winner, I think the Preds will have a good chance of beating to get up to the Western Conference Final. Really? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it too with the the travel between these two cities, depending on how many games they do go to, say St. Louis does eke it out and the Preds eke it out and we go on to a second-round matchup, you talk about favorable odds because we'll have Dallas flights, which are about an hour and a half, and then our next opponent will be the Blues. And the Blues have already been traveling to Winnipeg and back. So you can only hope for a grueling seven-game series that uh, goes to overtime most games. <laughs> and and that will only help out the Preds. But on top of it, it could really make the difference in that second-round matchup, kind of like the Vegas Golden Knights series last year where we thought Winnipeg, after they beat Nashville, was just, oh, give them the cup. Here they go. Yeah. They're about to steamroll. But they lost a lot in that seven-game series to Nashville. It took and a I, lot out of I them. And I think you're going to see a similar series. That's a good point. I, I, I'm going to – I'm gonna pin this as the 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 matchup that we thought was going to happen for the Jets, but it's going to be in the first round against the Blues. So I am very interested in this series. I will say that I think the Blues can take it if they can shut down Mark Shifley. Yeah, he's he's been on fire here recently. And all I think about is his playoff performance last year where he literally was tearing the league up left and right. Wheeler also went on a crazy streak for goals towards the end. I think he slacked off a little bit too, which also it's important to note that the Jets are limping into the playoffs as a 4-5-1 and one record in the last 10 games. But they do own the season series 3-1 to one against the Blues with uh, outscoring them 18-10. to 10. Yes. Yeah, but how can you ignore the fact that the Blues basically, you know, second half season, they got on the train and they've basically been smashing through people's. They don't care. I think they're going to keep riding that streak all the way to the playoffs. They are about equal in goaltending. Uh, Hellebuck has not been great uh this year but in the last month or so he's been fairly hot at a 9-3-0 save percentage and same thing with jordan bennington's been Bro, he's winnington are you kidding me huh? winnington he wins oh. all the time baby <laughs> it's the shutouts he's been killing it the perhaps the most unique stat here is that st louis is second in shots against per game allowing very few shots uh, on net so i want to point out something so you you were saying that the um the Blues basically got dominated, right, in in the season series. Yeah. I mean, they, they lost three of the games. Well, I want to point out that every single one of those games was before the turn of the new year. Boom. What where, you do, where, where, was, where were the Blues? Yeah. Where were the Blues in December? Weren't they, like, dead last? Literally at the basement yeah. of the league. And so – I. I'm almost, and I don't like to do this because I like to go back on historical data, but I'm almost throwing out the season series because the Blues team, yeah, they're like a different the team. Blues team in December is not the Blues team right now. That's a good point. Boom. This is where you start and they're scratching eight, off your yeah, answers. And yeah, yeah. And by the way, they are 8 1 and 1 coming in. Hey, 8 1 and 1. That's you can't ignore it. And you can't ignore that. They're, the Jets are 4 5 and 1, Matt. Oh, yeah. And. To add to Winnipeg's insult to injury, Josh Morrissey has missed the last 20 games. He's possible for game one, but he's been out, and Brandon Tanev is uncertain after missing the last two games. Jets' power play is also 24.8%, by the way. Yeah. 
So my question is, Matt, as we've been laying these things on you, is your mind changing? Actually, I, no. I see the wheels in your head turning. You're making excellent points, but luckily for me, I'd already thought about all that, so you're just re-solidifying oh, my pick. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, well, then fine, Matt. Tell us right now. Who do you got? So I have St. Louis Blues winning this one in six. Okay. What about you, Daniel? I have St. Louis Blues in seven because Winnipeg also has home field advantage, and I okay. think I think that does factor in because yeah. the Jets' barn is a really tough place to play, but I think they're going to grind it out. I think the Blues team is built for that, and I think the hot team prevails. I, I'm I was leaning towards six games just because of how hot the Blues were and how terrible the Jets have been. But I got to go seven with that home field advantage. And that leaves me. I've got the Blues as well going in seven. Oh man, it's gonna be a good series too. I'm super excited for that one. There, there's like three or four just incredible first round matchups. I'm just worried if Mark Shifley gets hot. It could be game over. It, it can. And Wheeler has cooled down a little bit, but we'll see how they start off in the first round against a really tough defensive team and hard-hitting Blues team. Boys, look at these brackets. It's going to be a fun first round. Oh, yeah. Now, the second round is going to be even more interesting because, I mean, we have a few differences here. Let's just be honest. Yeah, and looking at it here, I'm going, man, I don't know what I'd pick on these things. Uh, I, I will, let's go back to the Eastern conference because for me, I have the bolts and Boston squaring off. And I know this is going to differ from you, Kyle, which you picked obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs. So for me, this, this is very difficult because I think out of all the, the, the teams in the Eastern conference that can knock off the bolts, it would be the Boston Bruins. But I'm gonna to have to go the bolts and seven. I, I'm gonna. I think it's gonna be a tougher series than most people would think, and I think bolts fans are gonna be sweating it this year. But I think they will prevail just with you know the, the amount of just sheer firepower that they have on the team right now, as we stated in the first round. That's the same way with me. Even though I got the Leafs, Leafs beating the Bruins, I think the bolts are gonna take them in six games. Six games. That's probably a more reasonable one too. Yeah. I'm with you, Daniel. I've got the Bolts taking on uh, Boston, and I've got uh, Tampa Bay winning in six. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just basically a, a difference in games at that point. I, I, I'm with you, though. If anybody can knock Tampa Bay off coming from that half the first bracket, two rounds, yeah, yeah I, think it's, I think it's definitely Boston. It'll be I a just, good challenge, but, you know, Lightning is just one of the best teams ever. There's just – they got to eke it out, man. So let's go down to the bottom bracket because I know <laughs> Kyle's already shaking his head. So second-round matchup. What do you know? It's Caps and Isles. It, it's Caps and Islanders for them, which I thought for sure Kyle was just going to be very retro and pick Caps and Pens for the the second yeah, round. Yeah, yeah. But he, he mixed it up on us. So, Kyle, what are you feeling in that matchup? Because I'm, in, I'm interested in that pick, actually. I think the Caps are going to take it. By the way, great storyline Kyle has picked here. It would be Barry Trotz against his former, former club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the Caps. I think the Caps will still get it. Caps are going to get it in how many games? I think he's going to go six. Six games. Ooh, Trotsy's going to get beat down by his old club. Because it's one of those things. How do you contain Alex Ovechkin? I, I, I mean, it, it, everyone's been trying to all year, but he, you know, scored fifty plus goals again. So you watch him. <laughs> I mean, it's not not me coming from like a fanboy perspective. Like you watch Ovechkin play in games, and people just don't cover him. And then he gets the puck, and then it doesn't matter how much coverage they put on him, he still gets it through and just scores. Everybody 
seems seems to just give up the fact that they know Ovechkin's going to score on them. They don't don't even try at this point. Yeah, I would like to see somebody put a little defense on that guy rather than just giving him his wide open shot every time. But he is quite a force to be reckoned with, and I think I'll have to agree with Kyle. I've got Washington winning in six. That is what I had too. I have Washington beating the Penguins in six games. I do not think the Penguins are up to par as in previous years. Yeah, are aging a little bit. I think you're going to see some wear and tear. I think Alexander Ovechkin once again will be on mission for that cup. But look out because I think we all have a crazy Western or Eastern Conference final coming up. So it, it'll be very interesting. Well, who you got? For the Eastern Conference Final, Whew, we're all, we're going to jump there already. So I have the Bolts and Caps playing. And ironically enough, I have the Bolts beating the Caps in fewer games than the Boston series. As I stated before, I feel like Boston is the best team. But I think this year the Bolts are going to outlast the Caps and get past them. Uh, I mean, last year they got knocked out, and that was heartbreak for a lot of the Tampa Bay fans. But uh, I think they do it in six games. In the in the Eastern Conference Finals, six games against the defending champions. So I have them in the finals. I'm in agreement with you. I've got the Bolts beating the Caps in six games. This pains Kyle. Right it now. does. It just stings right in the heart because he has a soft spot for Ovi. I do, but it's one of those you're like, man, the Bolts are just unstoppable, and I think they're just going to keep steamrolling teams. Yeah, I will have to echo what you guys said. I think this will be the juggernaut matchup of the bracket. Uh, two dominant heavyweights going at it but i also will give tampa bay six games to win this one wow so that solidifies the eastern conference so let's flip back over to the second round matchups and starting with the top half of the bracket here i have the flames obviously playing the vegas golden knights which i think (laughs) is going to be an interesting matchup because for me it it, is oh if you're looking at the two goalies, you're talking Smith versus Flurry. I, I mean, you can't compare the two because he is so much of a better quality goaltender. But I think in this case, I think the depth for the Flames is going to outdo and outlast them over Flurry. So I'm actually going to pick the Flames in. Oh, Six or seven games. I've been on the line for this one. It's been, I'm going to go six games. Flames and six. Sorry. It's done. And for me, I've got the Flames and seven. Flames and seven. So you think that Vegas is just going to hold on a little I think they are. Okay. And see, that's the problem with me because I think their goaltending is just too good. And if Flurry, here's the deal. Flurry catches fire right in the middle. You're done. Sorry, Flames. You've had a great year, but... He's one of those goaltenders that can steal a series. I mean, you, you look Just at like some, last year. Like, I mean, look at the year Peck stole the series against Chicago where we swept them. He comes out and posts two shutouts on the road in Chicago to start the series. Uh, they were not anticipating that, you know? So he's one of those goaltenders that can steal a series. I'm just – I'm thinking that last year was his hot year, was his streak in the playoffs to get them to the cup finals. I don't know if he can do it again. That's just me. Yeah, this is going to be a very contentious matchup as well. Obviously, I give the goaltending edge to Fleury because, yeah, Smith's looking a little woeful lately. Oh, not lately, just his average overall is is not so hot. But uh, between Calgary's defense and stopping all the pucks, they can hopefully hold Smith to just an average, which would be great. 
I just think in the end, it's going to come down to how deep Calgary is on offense. We mentioned they got five players with 70 points. I think their ability to score from multiple avenues, multiple lanes, coming from so many different directions, it's going to eventually overwhelm the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games. And then that moves us down to the second second round matchup. It's going to be Preds versus the Blues. And I'll go and tell man, you. Man, I'm torn on this one. Like I said, whoever wins the Winnipeg Blues series is going to be beat up. And I'm just going to go ahead and say Preds will beat the Blues in seven games. Oh, man. I'm sorry, six games. Preds six beat the Blues games. in six games. Oh, my wow. gosh. Okay. First of all, it would definitely be a seven-game series if that were the case. And uh, honestly, I'm on the line because, as you said, it really depends – on how far the Winnipeg series goes and how much of a grind the Jets can put on them. Can Big Buff knock a couple of people out? Can you know you know what I mean? I don't know if it's there and I am totally on the fence because I think this could be a really good series, but if if the Blues take care of business in 5 or something, I'm thinking the Preds are g- going to be in trouble. I think they're going to be done in like 6. But at the same time, if the series goes long, I think the Preds can eke it out and get seven. Well, it's, it's it's tough this year. But at the same time, the Preds are peaking too. The Blues are peaking. So this is going to be two of the hottest teams if they make it to that point. So you got hot goaltending for Pekka too starting up. So I, I, who knows at this point? What were you going to say, Matt? I was on the edge even giving Preds a pass in the first round to make it to the next round. So if they can accomplish that – I'll be happy for them, but you look at the track record between the Preds and the Blues. I remember we gave the stats last week on that. The Blues have an edge against the Preds, regardless of what kind of path they take to get here. Uh, I just think the Blues are going to lay waste to the Preds. That's just the way it's going to be. They got fortunate to get this far if it happens to round two, but that's going to be it for the Predators for sure. So how many games? Uh, <laughs> See, this is the this is the problem. Like, I, and this is where I've struggled. I'll give them the average six. Very interesting. So I'm actually, and and I'm doing this for a reason. I'm picking the Blues in this series because last year I picked the Preds to win it, and they freaking let me down, and they, they were President's Cup trophy winners. So I'm honestly picking the Blues in seven, but I, I think it will be really dependent on that first series. I, I'm rooting for the Jets just to beat them down in every single game I'm I'm asking for overtime games I'm asking for everything that the Jets have and I know they can provide that to the Blues but if they come in limping and have a four or five record and the Blues take care of them in five games I think the Preds are in for some trouble because the Blues will be well rested and there will basically be nothing you can do so Blues in seven sorry it hurts but I, I think honestly this will Help me be uh, at ease with my bracket this year. And then, you know, if we make it past the second round, it's the icing on the cake. And then that moves us into our Western Conference final. Oh, man. So, Kyle, you've differed from us. So, right now you have the Flames and the Preds in the Western Conference final. Who do you got in this matchup? Flames. Look at here. Kyle is finally getting off the bandwagon. (laughs) And... He is calling for the Flames in how many games? Six. Six games. So did you pick the Flames in all six? Six, six, six? That's terrible. The Flames are on fire, man. Unintentionally. So so Flames in six games over the Predators, and why would you say this other than basically letting Neil get to a runner-up position again? 
<laughs> Partly. I mean, if you look over at the Flames, you've got, like I said, Johnny Goudreau, 99 points. Sean Monaghan, 82. Elias Lindholm, 78. We went over this at the very beginning. They have got the offensive. They've got five players over 70 points, like you said, Matt. And then you look over at the Preds, and you've got Ryan Johansson, Roman Yossi, and then Philip Forsberg, and then Victor Arvidsson. Those are the four. And if you take into account Victor Arvidsson's season where he had some games missing, he'd be higher on that list. But I think the I think the Flames just have a better offensive line, a better offensive output, I should say, than the Preds. Five on five, they're pretty good. But I mean, in my in my case here, Kyle, I'm barking up the wrong tree because I have the Blues winning. <laughs> so in this case, really, yes, I have the Blues actually beating the the Flames in seven games. Wow. Okay. Well, based you on, to go to seven based on defense because. I don't think Smith is a good – oh, look, and he's he's grimacing over here because yeah. I had to – okay, so I had to pick Flurry over Smith in the second round, and I went with the Flames. But now you're talking about a more complete team, a, a bruising team. You have Vladimir Tarasenko on the other side, a, a prolific goal scorers. You're, you're going to have really good goaltending too from Bennington. So for me, it tipped the scale. And also, by the way, the Flames' power play is 18th in the league. I was actually a little shocked by that number. Ooh. So Ouch. They're, oh, and, and the Blues, by the way, have a, the 10th best power play in the league, thanks to Tarasenko. So there are several glaring factors that, honestly, if the Preds do make it to the Western Conference Finals, I think that that is a better matchup for the Flames, and the Flames win and move on. But at this point, in my bracket, I have the Blues facing them, and I have to pick them in seven games based off defense alone, baby. Defense is going to win the day. Win the day. Look at Matt. He is struggling with this pick now because you know I just made some valid points with Smith. You have Smith as a goaltender. That's hurting me right now. That's hurt. But I'm going to give the edge to Calgary still. In seven. In, oh, did but, I pump uh, it up to seven? Yeah, this one, I could be talked uh, into changing this one the next day or two before we have to finalize our brackets. That's going to be I'll send you some more stats later yeah. <laughs> in the text group. We'll change. Uh, I guarantee you, like, tomorrow, we'll Matt's going to be, like, tearing up his, his yeah. paper, and then like, there'll be, like, five more brackets he has beside to see every possible outcome. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just my, my theory. If the Preds made it to the Western Conference Final, there's no way. Flames... Just go ahead. Um, I think they're too good of a team, and they match up well against us with their speed and their transition offense. That is not the case against the Blues. I think the Blues, that's their game. They love to sit back. They're going to be bruising. They have great goaltending now, which is something that they've desperately missed the last couple of seasons. I think that's the key point for them. Blues in seven. They're in my finals, baby. So, Well, then that brings us to the Stanley Cup final. And I'll go ahead and say I've got the – I've got the Flames and the Bolts, Stanley Cup Final. And who do you got winning? Bolts and seven. Bolts and seven. Very interesting. Now, I, I mean, Kyle, th- these are the two best teams statistically. This is one and two. So you're, you're staying true to the, the numbers this year. I am. I, mean, I just can't get over the fact that Nikita Kucherov's got 128 points oh, and Stan Ghost has got 98. I mean. Brayden Point also has 92. So they have three players over 90. I mean, that much offense, and you you would think at some point this has got to regress. It has not it, regressed. It hasn't. It really hasn't. 
I mean, it really hasn't, honestly. I, I, what are you going to say, Matt? Yeah, they're one of the best teams ever. But <laughs> the problem with these brackets is you're looking at, I think I pulled the numbers last year. I didn't have time this year. There's going to be generally between six and eight upsets throughout the entire playoffs. So you have to find spots where you think these upsets are going to be. And Tampa Bay looks great on paper, but I've got so many stats oh against them goodness. winning the Stanley Cup. I cannot pick the Lightning to win the Cup. <laughs> so because of that oh, you put them all the way to the finals yeah so and then the, to lose hold on you told me hold on this is per matt earlier in the episode that boston was statistically the best team to knock them off but i don't think they can i, I was coming that, to that would, but point. wouldn't that have been the spot to knock them off at the difference is I don't pick Boston as winning the cup. I don't think they can go that far. They might can they might can beat Tampa. So you're in it for the bracket overall. Yeah. The, okay. So, I get it. I get it. But so I'm just coming saying. <laughs> from the west side, I had to pick a team that I think can beat the Lightning, and that's why I chose Calgary because they have been very hot. They're not as good as the Lightning, but I have to pick a team that's strong enough to possibly overturn and, and usurp them. So I picked Calgary in seven over. So a rematch. So you've you got Calgary in. winning in seven. I've got Bolts in seven. Daniel, what do you got? I have the Bolts in uh, six, actually. I'm going bold. And another reason I had to pick Calgary, because I mentioned the last eight Stanley Cup winners wore either red or black. Calgary wears both red and black. Oh, well, double, like, I mean, that that's it. Double so, down on the stats yeah, right there. Sold. Sold. So there Sometimes you go. Sometimes you got to pick it. some of those Straight intangible stats. mouth, the Calgary fr- Flames are now – the uh, NHL Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> so you may be listening to us going, man, your predictions are all wrong. You guys are crap. You don't know it all. Well, guess what, guys? Just like last year, this year we're bringing back our Music City Gold Bracket Challenge. Yes, we are. Actually, we will get it out hopefully tomorrow with this episode. Everyone is free to join. We will actually send out a tweet with the league information and the password. And this year... We got a $25 swag item for the winner from NHL.com. Yep, a $25, like Daniel said, swag item of your choice. So, yeah, you get to pick whatever you want. So, if you happen to be a Caps fan like Kyle and you want Caps gear, we will surely ship a nice Cap hat or a Cap t-shirt to your house for winning and proving us wrong. Even to the most hated team of all, Chicago Blackhawks. Yes. If you win, you're a Blackhawks fan. You deserve we will, it. You we will buy you a piece of Blackhawks gear. You deserve it for proving us wrong and having the best overall bracket. But I'm super excited. I'm sure this bracket of mine's going to, I don't know, I'm going to mull on it over the night. So yeah, I'm already looking see. at my bracket going, hmm. Yeah, I know. You know, I thought on the way over it was raining. I brought these bra- uh, brought the brackets inside. I said, oh, I don't want to ruin them. It's raining. I want them to get ruined uh, being too wet. But then I thought... I don't have to worry about the rain because you guys are going to ruin them once you put your uh, information on it. Oh, you mean the almost identical bracket <laughs> that you and I made yeah. up to the final? Yeah. So, don't worry. Yeah. By the time the playoffs start on Wednesday, you're going to have your bracket changed again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Matt's, Matt's yeah, still – I'm notorious look, for that. See, this, this Western Conference final now is eating them alive because I made some good points. But he'll, he'll debate it like five times back and forth tonight. He won't sleep well. Just be a restless night. So, Matt, before we close everything down, do you have any sort of milestones that we need to think about? Yeah, I've got a couple of other records that we'll mention before we leave. And we had already talked about how Ovechkin's now won another Rocket Richard, but he has also passed Tamu Solani for eighth all-time in multi-goal games. And also Jumbo Joe passes Steve Eiserman for eighth in assists. 
And we also uh, touched on it. If you weren't aware, Tampa Bay has now, they tied the 95 Red Wings for the most wins in history with 62. Didn't break the record, but they tied it. Also in the, you know. Yeah. What, what were you going to say? You knew where I was going. I knew you were going. I'm just trying to salary undermine cap that. Yeah, yeah, I know. In the salary cap era. So but I have to I give have, them credit. I have to put a little asterisk next to your little thing just to let you know that it's very impressive for the salary so cap So you era. can't say that I was wrong in saying Detroit's the best team ever. You can't prove me wrong. But, but they you also it. have to admit that the yeah, salary, that's, that's why in, I wanted in the to salary cap era, it's yeah. basically unprecedented. It was, We've uh, never seen anything I don't know like if this. it'll ever be broken, yeah, but what a season by the Lightning, so good job. Yeah, by the way, the Lightning lost to um, the Predators two times out of the eighty <laughs> out of the eighty two games. And the Lightning And they were both in regulation, by the way. They're the only team to lose twice to yeah. the Nashville Predators. Wow. Isn't and, that crazy? And Tampa Bay out of all the teams had the most comeback wins of any team this year. Oh yeah. They were on fire. Third period. Their captain clutch, dude. Yeah, it, it was like lights out. There were several times because he was over here hoping they lost so that the Red Wings would, you know, take the series. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, they score like five goals in a row. And yeah. just, I mean, to be honest, their stretch, they had really tough opponents, all playoff teams, and they beat all of them except one. And I'm like, okay, so you deserve to tie the record yeah. at this point. I mean, it, it was very impressive. So, Daniel, what games do we have coming up? Well, obviously, our first round is set, and it will only be against the Dallas Stars. So, we have two home games to start. So this is very interesting with the scheduling. So I don't know if you guys notice. So we play on the 10th at Bridgestone. And there's actually two days of rest built in before we play game two at Bridgestone as well. I'm okay with that. That really favors us, by the way, because Peck does better with extra rest. So I was a little shocked at that. But we'll also get that extra day of rest in between. And then before we move on to Dallas for the 15th and the 17th. And also, if necessary, the series will come back home the following Saturday on the 20th of April and then potentially another one against Dallas on the 22nd and the 24th would be the last possible date, but please do not get to seven games, Preds, against the Stars. Let's finish that in like five or four or, you know, it's not going to be four, but five games would be preferable so we don't have to make two trips to Dallas. That would be preferable. Guys, playoff time's here. Super excited. Cannot wait, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it, it's on. The DVR is going to be maxed out with uh, all hockey games. That's, I mean, we we literally, you guys are going to live at my house. Yeah. We're going to be <laughs> caffeinated, sleep deprived people going to work every day at the playoffs. But you know what they say? You sleep in the playoffs over. So, guys, playoff weekly schedule starts now. We'll see you next week. You guys, have a good one. Take it away, Rachel. You've been listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio, powered by the Ingram Agency. We'd love to interact with you on Twitter. The show can be found at Music City Gold. You can find Kyle at Kyle Hancock, Daniel at C. Dandrum, and Matt at MattBain31. Past episodes of the show can be found by subscribing to Penalty Box Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the ice.